Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland and you're most welcome to this series where we're taking a continuing really to take a deep dive into the area of equality, diversity and inclusion. My guest on this episode is Maxine Ryan, who was the 2020 winner of the Early Childhood Ireland National Annual Awards Leader for Inclusion Award, which is sponsored by Link. Maxine is the INCODE, that's the Inclusion Coordinator at Clare Family Resource Centre in Ennis. Maxine has a huge passion and interest in making children's early learning and care experiences as inclusive as possible and The day I met her in October 2020, when I visited the setting to present her with her award, her enthusiasm for all she had learned and was implementing was completely infectious. And she has now completed the LINK CPD program. So, Maxine, you're really welcome. Thank you very much, Maura. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about your thoughts on, on all these topics So maybe can you start by telling us a little bit about your setting? Yeah, so we're a community creche and we were we set up in 1996. So we're open 24 years and it was originally set up for single mothers um, who wanted to go back to employment and we did training. So you got your uh, level five, FETAC level five and your children were being minded while you were here. And would you believe some of those people are still here 20 years later? And um, yes, we have 120 children in our service. Um, yeah, we're, we're a big, big community crash. And you operate a full and full day care and sessional. You're open all day, aren't you? Yes, yes. Eight to six. OK, yes. so Maxine, um you're, as I mentioned in, in my introduction, inclusive practice really matters to you. Why is that? Why does it matter so much? Why are you so passionate about uh, including the, ensuring that all children are included and everybody is valued in the setting? Well, I think, you know, for myself, I have a child who has um, traumatic brain injury. So I know what it's like to be given traumatic news and feel like, okay, well, now it's my turn to become a warrior for my child. Where am I going to go with this? And, you know, when I came back and I started doing the link, I started to think of, God, could you imagine if you had two children in your house with additional needs and and you need, or if you were a single mom, or if you were from a minority group, or if, if English wasn't your first language and you had to become that warrior for your child and you didn't know where to go or what to do. And I think it's kind of all stemmed from there that I was able to do that. So I have a compassion where I can help other people to do that because we're so far along in our journey. Now I'm 10 years in the journey with, with my son, you know, and I was able to do all that stuff for him. So, yeah, I think that's where it comes from. And having maybe through your work, you had you had the knowledge of the services that might be available, or even if you didn't know what services were available, you knew who might know to sample you, I suppose. Yes, definitely. I mean, I remember going to a meeting one time and I was taking all these notes and and this fellow that was sitting beside me, another parent who was sitting beside me, he was like, geez, you've got it all written down. And I was like, that's, it's my job. <laughs> it's yeah, what I do. Yeah. Especially mm. If a child comes in, I learn everything about them and meet the parents and know everything that they need to know. And, 
And yeah, so it was ingrained in me. I think that's why I was able to be that warrior for my son. I you think know. warrior is a, you know, I mean, children and, and families uh, sometimes need us to be warriors, don't they? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. you know, because sometimes you're when you're, I suppose, even absorbing news like that, or even if it's not news, if the realization that maybe your child has additional needs or, or, or whatever, while it's dawning on you, that's when oh. you need the support of, of um, the people yes. around you to help you. Yeah. And you need, you need to be able to come to someone and say, help me. Mm. I need your help. I don't even know who to call or to go with them to a meeting and take the notes for them. And then when they can digest it, maybe two, three days later, they can come into me and sit down and I'll say, OK, so this is what okay. they said. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. OK, so that's kind of um, my next question was going to be kind of how do you get started? How do you uh, help to develop those relationships where parents feel comfortable about coming to you or accepting the support that you're able to give and then I suppose kind of keep progressing on that road of inclusive practice with um, the diversity of families that attend a setting? Yeah, well I think um, you know for me I, I to be honest now I don't have the greatest confidence in the world and Maureen had said to me once I was in the once I became the Inco and she believed in me and she came to me one time and she said, I want to run a parenting program and you're going to run it. And I said, geez, I don't know anything about running a parenting program. And she said, yes, you do. You can do it. And I stood back and I thought, OK, what do I want to know if I came into that meeting and I didn't want to be bombarded with information? What would I want to know? And I we had parents. I ran the parenting program and we had dads and teens. And I mean, it was we had the most diverse people in it. And I ran it as in we had a bit of fun. They came in and I, I trained them how to sing a song when your child is having a meltdown. I trained them about making puppets out of things. I, I always had something at the end of the room that if you felt overwhelmed, you could go down to this table and you could sit down and there was something down there with Ashter. And you were learning about Aster as well, because I believe parents need to learn about what we're learning when we're when we're teaching them that. And they would sit down, they would do make Play-Doh or there was a recipe there or there was something there. And then they could come back to it and we could chat about it. And they left with something in their hands, you know, and it was just a real sense of, OK, you know, I can do this. It's not that big of a deal. And when speech and language therapists came into the parenting program, you know, we stayed on. We stayed back. We chatted like Maureen was able to have their kids put into another room and, you know, minded while if they were upset or if, you know what I mean? There was a real sense of family about it. And then I became a face that they would see every day. And I know they see Maureen and, she, and she's our manager and but she can be busy sometimes, whereas I'm on the ground and I'm floating around everywhere. I'm in every room and they could pull me aside or. I could sit into the car with them, you know, in the morning and they could say, right, I'm having a really bad day. And, and I was able to be there for them. So that program really kind of cemented it, you know, and how I developed how I was going to help them. Isn't it amazing? You know, we talk about children learning through play and, you know, we all learn through play. And, yeah. you know, the more fun and I suppose the less preachy and the more we feel that as adults, just like Maureen, as your manager believed in you, you're yes. transmitting that belief to the parents to believe in themselves um, yeah. in, in and I really a very playful that, way. 
Absolutely. And I found that when people, when parents would say to me, God, he'll never be ready for school. Or, you know, if they came to me like that, I would say, well, how can we get them ready for school? You know, I would change, flip it, you know, which is a great thing to be able to, yeah. to, to say to yeah. parents. Or yeah. even what's ready for school anyway, you know, to kind of, exactly. you know, what, what exactly does ready for school mean? What perception does that person have of of being ready for school and you know showing the skills that the children do have and the strengths that they do have and what they can do independently Mm. and focus on that because parents quickly jump to oh god what's the future going to be yeah yeah like hold on a minute now we're Mm. here this is it right here right now yeah, and they go into they go into the academics rather than thinking of you know the skills and the dispositions and um, you know yeah. and 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 seeing the the, the can do's does the give them that they strength can do. Mm. Yeah. yeah 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 um and those bits they're oh they're more important than academics I mean the academics come in their in their own in their own time yeah so when we were chatting before um before we recorded the podcast um Maxine you mentioned about you know that when you were when you started working as an inco that how you involve staff in the review of your curriculum statement and working with Better Start and and so on. Uh, Can you take us through some of the the process that you used um, to review the curriculum statement? And I suppose involve all staff. That's something, you know, people listening to the podcast know that I'm very um, passionate about, you know, this can't be kind of like a solo crusade, if you like, that, you know, you have to bring people along with you. You have to you know, I suppose, query what people's values are. You can't impose your values on them. But at the same time, you have to try to come to a shared understanding of what values are so that you can progress in a, you know, in a coherent way across the centre. Yeah. Yeah. So I think when I started the LINK programme, I became more aware of inclusion and the rights of the child and the voice of the child And I started to wonder what inclusion meant to all of us in CFRC. And I remember we were given a a sheet and it was all about your values. And while it was great, I was filling out my own values. I wondered what everybody else inside the setting thought. So I brought the sheet back and I passed it out. And we we started doing a bit inside the training about curriculum statement. And when I was getting everyone's sheets back, I thought, geez, this is something I could really look at. And maybe we could develop a curriculum statement because we didn't have one at the time. And I went to Maureen and she said, go for it. I believe in you. Do whatever you want. And we started meeting up in each other's houses and we started putting this together. And it really was a sense of all of us saying, "Okay, that's how you look at it. This is how I look at it. And it opened so much conversation. And I mean, just like Maureen believed in me and saw potential in me, because pretty much after I finished the, the, the link program, she said to me, right, I'm taking you out of the room. And now you're going to be the coordinator. Off you go, do something with it. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. And she's like, yes, you do. Go for it. So I think I looked at myself and I thought, okay, now I need to be a mentor and a coach to my colleagues. So I very much believe in distributed leadership. And I think we have some of the most amazing, talented practitioners in CFRC and around the country. So I very much wanted to see, to give staff, you know, to reflect and to see them become confident 
and to to see them be open and to be honest. So when I would meet with them, because I started meeting with each room and I would meet with you once a week and I started to, to, to ask them for their solutions and their ideas to things. So if they said to me, for instance, you know, we don't have the resources to help with that. I would say, well, what can I do with the resource? What can we do with resources we do have? And that would open a conversation. And But it was their ideas, not just mine, you know. And then if they say to me, like, I, I tried that strategy before and, and it's just not working, then I would say, well, what part of the strategy worked? And let's look at it a little bit more. And I think from that, you know, we started to see children as independent and we started to wonder, do they have a sense of belonging? And I then, you know, because we had the most amazing earlier specialist, Paul O'Dwyer, I, I became, because I, I really wasn't confident working with outside agencies. I just didn't feel like I had the, enough to give. And once I started working with her, we had the most, we just were able to bounce off each other. And she would come into the setting and she would say to me, you got this, you go with it. It's your idea, you do it. So, I mean, I was able to ring her with anything. I was ringing Paula constantly for the first year, you know, but we worked really well. We had the same kind of ideas behind it all. And I just think it created an atmosphere where we just had goodwill. We have like a mutual respect for one another. And I, I think it's really the core of teamwork, you know, for all of us. Yeah, I think that's that's so powerful the way you describe it, that, you know, when you started to look at your own vision of children and you didn't let it stop there, that you kind of took it to, well, you know, what do you think? And what do you think? And what do you think? And um, yeah you know, in, in coming to that shit, you know, the, the impact it has on the team, but clearly the impact that that has for children and families when the children are seen as capable and competent and the parents are, you know, it it's just has so many positive benefits for children in a, yeah. in a setting. Yes. And I know, and, you know, again, you you mentioned about um, the value of of the importance of this work going on. That you know sometimes you can do something like that as a you know as a one off. Maybe when you're doing a course or whatever, and then the business takes over, and sometimes you know staff leave, new staff come on. That bit about CPD, and I know you're you're passionate about CPD and the benefits of CPD. Do you want to talk us through some of your your kind of thoughts about uh, CPD and that sharing um, peer learning with each other and um, yeah, I think a community of practice kind of thing. I yeah, when 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 we did the the link CPD, the the one thing I loved out of it was the community, the idea of the community of practice, and because it was COVID, it was very difficult. I mean, I know there was a WhatsApp group going around, but I, I don't think it ever got legs. And it's something, if Maureen ever said to me, go for it again, it's something I would be 100% behind doing. I think if we could all meet up, or we could host an evening where you invited the centres in your area to come in and we just sat around, ate pizza, had a chat, looked at each other's work and said, this is going well, and really share ideas with each other. I think it would be phenomenal. I would love to do it. I mean, I know that um, Dr. Colette Murray on your podcast had said, you know, take out that charter book again and have a look at it. And and she, you know, it got me thinking. So I yesterday I, I put out an initiative yesterday and it's called to inspire one another. So I have asked each room to take 
make an area um, around inclusion, diversity, and I've asked them to bring something that we've never done before. Look at it in a completely different, new way, and that we will all meet at the end of February. And I don't care what it is inside the room. It can be an area. It can be something you did for the month. And we're going to sit down and we're going to have pizza and we're going to chat to each other about what went well, what didn't. And I've asked them to bring a learning story from the child. So we get the child's voice in it as well and to and to read it to each other. And it's, we've kind of made it into a little bit of a competition. So the winning room will get a voucher to buy something big for their room. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to, to share ideas. I would love to see us all sharing stuff. Yeah, and there is a bit, isn't there, that, um, you know, technology is wonderful. And, I mean, the benefits that technology has brought during COVID has been immeasurable. And I think the impact would have been a million times worse without technology. But at the same time, there's something about sitting in a room with somebody and saying, you know, what do you do when X happens? That you yeah. is is a lot harder to do when um you have to maybe type it into a WhatsApp group or or whatever, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Because I think you know, our like we're very lucky that our staff, the staff, really reflect all our different cultures. You know, but maybe not all settings have that. Mm. So you could meet a Polish practitioner who can say, "Well, this is what you know. This would work great." You know, just anything, anything mm. around different kinds of ideas that support the inclusion of everyone. Yeah, and and that there there are times when we think we're doing the right thing, but in fact, it, it people experience it differently in a way to the way we meant it. And that if you're yes. coming in a you know a trustful, respectful way, somebody can express that without there being hard feelings or there yeah. being you know an issue about it. Yeah, and you don't mean to do anything, but you know Most if the, you step yeah, down, yeah, someone else don't. who said, "Well, you know, you didn't do anything wrong," but you know, maybe they took it up this way. And I just, it would be amazing. And mm. it's definitely something I'm, I'm, I'm going to push for. Keep pushing. Yeah. Keep pushing. <laughs> <laughs> Maxine, thanks. Thanks so much. I've really enjoyed that. Oh, I think, oh, you, you know, so your, um, your infectiousness and your passion for it really shone through. So there's, you know, a lot to think about and, and reflect on. So thanks so much for taking the time to, to join us. And, Uh, Thank you for listening. And as ever, if you enjoyed this episode, please share the word and we look forward to your company.